If you're like me, you probably have a closet full of local band merch. And whether you know it or not, a lot of that band merch is probably made by Divine Shirt Company right here in Winnipeg. Divine Shirt Company has made all of the Great Witch Police merch from our hoodies to our toques to our t-shirts. And if you're looking to get anything done, like screen printing, embroidery, graphic design, digital printing, go to see Divine Shirt Company at divineshirtcompany.ca and tell them which police radio sent you. One of our colleagues, Sam Thompson, who, um, if you saw him, you'd sort of right away assume he was a hippie. Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Which police radio? Get up off your ass and get up on the podcast! Which police radio? Alright, welcome to Witch Police Radio. I'm here with two people who are, uh, you know, involved in, in music locally, but it's a bit different than the usual guests I have on the podcast, um, because I have other podcasters on the show, which is always nice to, nice to do. I mean, you know, I've done it a few times in the past, usually in connection with the Manitoba Podcast Festival, which didn't happen this year, but... Uh, it's it's very cool to see this community of people doing basically DIY radio in their basements or bedrooms or whatever, continuing to grow and expand. And I think that the two guests I have on today have been doing it for uh, quite some time. I don't know if it's as long as me, but it's got to be close. And so I think the best way to uh, start this off is if the two of you want to introduce yourselves and then give a bit of background about your show for people who aren't familiar. Sure. Yeah, no problem. Uh, well, first of all, my name's Tyler. Um, and then we've got... I'm Andrew. And uh, collectively, we are known as Warped Increased. And so we're a podcast that kind of focuses on physical formats and also certain styles of music. Um, we don't really cover too, too much outside of the genres we normally do, such as like we, we usually focus on extreme type music. So grindcore, uh, punk rock, hardcore, um, black metal, death metal, kind of everything in between. Um, so Andrew, correct me if I'm wrong, but we have been recording on again, off again since at least 2014. Well, I believe it was 2014. Yeah. When we started the original, uh, incarnation of yeah. increased, that was a, that was a whole nother, uh, ball game, uh, back then we were part of, um, a podcast collective in Winnipeg called Garbage Hill. And so was I. Yeah. I was part of that as well. Yeah. 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 Oh, cool. So, I mean, there is, I think we're the only ones left. I, I, th- I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Because, <laughs> yeah. uh, I mean, I started my show in uh, the end of 2012. So, like, you know, okay. not, not too much different, really, time wise uh, than you. And it's, it's interesting to see how many people get involved in, in basically the hobby of podcasting and then bail after only a handful of episodes. But there's something to be said for kind of sticking with it. Uh, I, I guess, you know, what is it that's made it work for the two of you for this long? How have you managed to keep going when, like you said, everyone else who's been involved in that podcast network uh, way back then has long ended their shows? Yeah, I guess like um, for for me anyways, a lot of it kind of boils down to kind of the, the friendship and camaraderie Andrew and I have had. We've known each other for a really long time since ninth grade and even before we were recording like like years before we were recording we both had a really really strong passion and love for music whether that's creating music or talking about music and oftentimes andrew and i just in in our basement would just like rap back and forth about different types of bands or artists that we're really getting into 
And we both kind of got into the more extreme side of metal and punk around the same time. And it just was very, it was a very natural flow. And at some point we both decided like, why don't we just record what we talk about? Um, and we kind of just went from there. Uh, I don't know if there's anything else that you want to add, uh, add for that, Andrew. Uh, I think in the beginning too, it was, um, we, we had a different format uh, in those early years in uh, like 2014, 2015, where it was kind of like, we would do uh, the episodes were based around like larger ideas and, and formats in general. Like we did, we did episodes on record store day, uh, yeah. which, you know, would have just happened uh, black Friday record store day, which we, we could not give less of a shit about uh, at this point, but um, we did episodes on like larger genres and like going into our favorite bands. And then, we, we did take a couple years off from the podcast uh, and then we fired it back up again in 2017. Yeah, uh, I'd say around there. Uh, but then that's when we kind of, we had a bit of a an awakening of what we should be doing and that's because we digest so much music on a monthly basis that why don't we just talk about new stuff all the time and, and what we're listening to instead of worrying about a particular genre or format or idea per episode. Let's just stick with what's new and what we're listening to and how it sounds and bouncing those kind of things off one another well before we talk um, about anything on the podcast. And then the Instagram is a whole nother yeah. uh, section of that as well that we started at that time in 2017 where we were like, Hey, not let's not just talk about the sound quality on, on you know particular record let's be like hey this record sounds this way because you know it's it's a high quality black vinyl 180 gram whereas you know you might not get that same sound quality in a record that's a marble sure. pressing that sounds like crap so like we like to dig into that sort of thing too and sound quality and those types of things are also really important to us. Well, I like yeah, that. Absolutely. Oh, sorry, go ahead. Uh, well, I, was, I just wanted to comment too, like when, when it comes to, because yeah, we kind of have like a, like a hybrid format here, but when it comes to the podcast and the Instagram self, there are sometimes we, on the podcast, we won't even mention certain things that we post on, on the Instagram and vice versa. Um, but I would have to say that like kind of like the podcast as well as our, our Instagram account has been a really good also way of connecting with the artists too. For sure. So like Andrew was saying, when we first started, we had some really broad ideas. So we would do like a, like a themed episode on tapes or a themed episode on video game music. And that's all well and good, but there's just so much there. And like Andrew was saying, eventually when we came back, we were just kind of like, okay, let's focus on hyper specific releases, new releases from relatively lesser known like mid-tier to, to lesser known labels or bands and feature them and you know it's been a really good piece of connecting with labels and and artists like we we talk to um bands and labels that we we respect a lot like very often so that's great well i was gonna say i like how your origin story is very similar to mine because this, my show started out with two other friends and me and we talked about records that was the show and we said why not record this because i i had i just had a kid my time was not there to play in bands anymore and so this was kind of our solution to still hang out and eventually it morphed into an interview show but yeah at first exactly the same thing we we're already talking about music and recommending stuff to each other anyway why not make it into something so 
I think I think I think as a format that kind of works, right? I mean, when you when you have people that you can connect with on on a passion like music, it's pretty easy to have a conversation. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, you know, I have been I've really enjoyed what we do now. Much like you too, like you know, as time goes on and we get older, uh, we have our own commitments, whether that's uh, either of our careers or family. Yeah. Um, but we do have that kind of like that anchor of, of this, this podcast and this recording conversation that we, we can have fairly regularly. Yeah, for sure. It's it's, it's something to look forward to, right? I mean, it's uh, especially during these past couple of years when there hasn't been a lot to look forward to in terms of going out or, or even seeing people in person for quite a long time. I mean, for me anyway, being able to do this uh, twice a week and, and interview people and talk to people has been like a, a real lifesaver in terms of just, just feeling connected in a world where you're not that connected to anything. Yeah, no, absolutely. And like we were, we, we've done a few interviews in the past. Um, we haven't done too many online ones, but I would agree, like, uh, especially like with the COVID stuff, like it was a, and when we, when we got sent home and working from home, like this, the conversations and the, and the podcast that we would record was like, it was super helpful. I would say at least for me and I'm sure Andrew too. I think it's funny that um, when we used to record episodes, we would get together in person and record them and, you know, kind of make a night out of it Yep. and, uh, you know, hang out after, you know, have some beer and, and just chill out. And now it's like, um, we, we haven't been in the same room recording a podcast for, yeah, like probably close to two years now. And yeah. I feel like if we didn't have those, whatever, I mean, like, yeah, it's only once a month or, or maybe even less that we do these episodes. Um, but I feel like if, if we didn't have that, we probably wouldn't even talk in, in person, uh, nearly as much. Sure. We text all, all lot, but you know, just actually being there with one another, I'm, I'm glad that we found a technological solution to recording our podcasts while not actually being together. Yeah, it's, it's, it makes a huge difference for sure. Just just that 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 accessibility. Like I complain about technology all the time because I'm like old man yells at clouds. But th- this is definitely like a, <laughs> a really beneficial one for, for doing something like this for sure. Um, you mentioned Instagram before, and I know because you are. You know, I mean, I guess I could say I'm covering a niche area too, in that I'm focusing strictly on Manitoba music. But I mean, you're you're focusing on specific genres. I imagine I I can't imagine that Instagram hasn't been super helpful for that in terms of just the community that's there too. Also, again, in this lockdown lockdown period we've had over the past little bit, because everyone is kind of looking for their niches online, and and, and that's got to be a great way to uh, not only connect with artists and labels, but just with people who are also fans of that music and also collectors of the records and things like that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, go, well, go ahead. Well, I was, I was just going to say, yeah, like for sure. And what I think is funny is that most of the guys that I, well, I mean, there's a few guys from Winnipeg that we do talk to regularly as well uh, through Instagram, but a lot of the guys we talk to uh, in our, in our messages are uh, from France or Belgium, the U S like, a lot of people outside of Canada and I imagine a lot, like quite a few people, like most of the people we talk to in Europe, English is not their first language and they're like, I would never be able to tell the difference. And, uh, you know, here we are barely being able to speak <laughs> one language, but yeah, it's been, it's been really great to connect with people and, you know, on the off chance, anything, in the future, like we do travel once again, we go see live music. It seems like a pipe dream 
at this point, but it would be cool to connect with those people in, in those places. Um, and just like, you know, hang out with someone for the first time that you've been talking to for years. It's a, I guess that's, what's really great about the like extreme metal community is that it's really not that big. So you'll see the same people a lot. Sure. That, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Yeah, and it, it's definitely true uh, that it's a pretty small, tight-knit community. And it's, like, smaller than I think a lot of people realize, uh, especially when you have, like, for example, Black Metal, where there's, like, a like a billion different side projects. But it's really, in, in some cases, like, if we're talking about, like, let's say some bands from Finland, it's probably just the same circle of maybe 50 people. Um, it just seems larger than it actually is, or the Icelandic Black Metal scene, too. Um What's been really nice about the Instagram thing is is also being able to, um, I think a lot of people have a little bit of um, anxiety or shyness when it comes to reaching out to musicians that they really admire or like or appreciate or want to connect with. You don't want to seem like I, a screaming fan, right? You don't want to, yeah, yeah. Yeah, right. Um, but it's, it's a lot easier than I think people realize. So uh, a, a really good example is, uh, I would say one of the things that I'm most proud of, and probably Andrew too, is we uh, we were able to lock in an interview with the the band Blood Incantation, um, and this was right before I would say they got really, really, really big. And you know, um, we talked to um, the the main main individual behind that band for a long time. Andrew, like you knew, like you have you met him? Like I don't even know. Yeah, I, I've. That's uh, what I thought. I was, yeah, I, I met him in, in when he used to work at his comic book store in outside of Denver. Right. Um, but yeah, we uh, like being a collector of his music for years before Blood Incantation. Like I had a bit of a relationship with him already. So and it's just like you can continue those relationships even after a band like Blood Incantation gets big. And, you know, now they're, they're they have a brand new episode of What's in My Bag on Amoeba Hollywood like that's pretty major and it's it's really it's really cool that yeah we did have an opportunity to you know talk to them and and have it recorded which is which is uh yeah it's for sure one of the crowning achievements in the warped increased uh interview episodes yeah i'd say so too and you have this 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 body of work now too right that i mean like you know one of the one of the hardest things I think for people to reach out to someone they admire, or someone whose work they they appreciate, with a creative project like this is just the idea of oh I'm nobody they're not they, they, they the um not not feeling like you you're deserving of of their time kind of thing. But you know at this yeah. point you've been around for this long you have this body of work recorded. I mean you've had interviews with people who are notable. It, it makes it a little easier, right? Where you can say well you know I talked to this guy here's an episode if you want to check it out sort of thing. And you you actually are someone who's done something rather than just a, a fan who's Hey, I have a podcast. You haven't heard of it, but <laughs> you know, I want to talk to you. Yeah, and I think the connections that that have been built over the years um, have really helped us kind of like further like um, connections with with larger groups too. And you'd be, I think, a lot of people might not really realize this: how many bands that we've covered are really appreciative of the stuff we write about and the stuff we record. Yeah, um, on multiple occasions, bands from all over the world have have reached out and be like, "Hey." That's really cool that you guys took the time out to write this. And yeah, it's, it's really, really nice to see, um, especially because with, with extreme music, I think a lot of people think that it's kind of like a, a very insular walled off thing, but it's not as much as you'd think. And I think a lot of bands are really appreciative of, of the stuff that 
like we have been able to cover at the very least, like what we've done so far. I think it helps them too, probably that, that you obviously know your shit, right. And you're, you're, you're clearly actual fans who, who know what you're talking about and you're, you're asking them, you know, if you're talking to them, you're asking them pertinent questions and interesting questions about their work that they're probably more than happy to discuss with you. Yeah. I mean, so when we did the blood incantation interview, I did it. And, um, I, Andrew, I'm not too sure where you were. I was, uh, watching cave in. Oh, right. You're right. The cave-in show. Right. Okay. So yeah. that's, that's justified. But like, yeah, we talked to uh, Paul and the rest of Blood Incantation and it was a great, great uh, conversation. But again, like I know Paul's body work a lot. You know, we covered a lot of his, his more obscure releases. Right. And, uh, and also I follow a lot of the stuff that he does too. So for example, um, John, uh, John Olson from Wolf Eyes, he's the insane Johnny on Instagram. He will do a lot of memes of blood incantation because he's a big fan of there. So I talked to him about it. And I was like, well, what does it feel like to be like a meme on the internet? And um, they didn't really uh, like, th they were really appreciative of that question because it's, it, I guess it was just a little bit more in depth than maybe some of the other stuff that they had. Like, like what are your influences or whatever? Yeah. Um, you know, and there, you know, there's a, there's a spot for those questions too. But I think, I think bands, at least for me, if I like, if I was in a band, I would definitely prefer more, niche questions you know stuff that you usually don't don't get like curveballs yeah for sure because otherwise you're just giving the same answer week after week with whatever outlet is interviewing you there's there's yeah definitely that would be more appealing one thing i like about what you do too is the, the focus on physical media uh, as someone who has never got into the streaming thing i appreciate that i mean obviously um there is kind of this resurgence of vinyl especially now tapes again but i mean you're talking about genres where tapes have always been a thing and that that's kind of uh you're almost doing the perfect style of music to talk about physical media because physical media never went away yeah i mean um and and and, and vinyl as well especially with a lot of the uh, the groups that we cover you know like I, I i don't know how many people really realize this but a lot of like punk and hardcore metal they were releasing vinyl in the 90s yeah, and you sure. know that's when with cds were king um but yeah you're correct a lot of the the music that we cover has always been physical format centric and especially with like with kind of like the extreme metal community um the the aesthetic of like the physical release has always been really important and you know you you hear like stories or like on some tv show or whatever of like some older person like a like a, a boomer talking about like you know the the ritual of opening a gatefold and like looking at all the cover and like that's totally true. It's a thing, you yeah. know, like it's a thing. And like I, and, and sound wise too, it's just, it, it's got its own ritual and it's, it's, it's it like, it's not primal, but it's, it's, it's not something you can get from a Spotify play. Like it's just, it's just not. And so, um, yeah, Andrew, I mean, we've been collecting uh, records for, uh, I don't even know how long, 15 years, probably. Yeah, um, thereabouts. Like so and it's what's been interesting to see is kind of the um the change in the amount of physical formats available the prices certainly the prices prices are crazy um yeah and and so it's just been an interesting journey of of this kind of like this odyssey of vinyl and tape collecting over the last you know the better part of our adult lives and just like how it, the ebbs and flows of it um so yeah it's just it's just been a really really wild ride yeah oh, it's, it's it's great it's great to hear that too because i mean like I, i'm the same way with 
different type of music. I mean, I definitely listen to some heavy stuff, but obviously not as uh, as much into the niche as the two of you do. But yeah, like, I mean, it's it's always interesting when I'm interviewing someone, depending on, I mean, it could be a rapper, a country singer, a metal band, whoever it is, and their take on how they're going to release music is always it's one of those questions I kind of hate asking because I ask it too much, but it's always interesting because some people will, regardless of what type of music they play, they're really passionate about putting out physical media, even if it's just a CD. And then others are like, yeah, maybe I'll do a CD in case someone wants one sort of thing in case someone's car still has a CD player. And it's really like an afterthought. So yeah, it's, 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 we're in a weird era now where there's no sort of defined way to listen to music because there's so many options. Yeah, exactly. And I think too, that's, what's good about that whole idea that there's like there's like there's so many options there's no definitive way to release your music i think that's also given rise to a lot of voices that you might not necessarily hear so even in like like taking a step back from for metal for uh for for the moment but a lot of soundcloud music what, yeah. whatever soundcloud music that might be a lot of people can literally literally record stuff on their own and just upload it into the ether and it's out there so kind of an offshoot of what we talk about is dungeon synth and dungeon synth is like really dark synthy music sound it's intentionally sounds really cold and medieval in nature a lot of that is bedroom music you know it's just like one individual with a keyboard and like a like a like a four track and then they or not even a four track they're just recording direct to their laptop editing it and putting it out on soundcloud for free their music's out there and a lot of bands do get hype even before uh, a physical uh uh, copies are even mentioned or they're not even on a label like so many bands now are independent um it's nice. which is really great to see too does it um i, I guess I, I, since you're focusing on, on new, a new music and you're talking about the, the records you you discover and find and listen to has this era of of like you just said things have opened up it, the bar has been lowered for anyone to make music you can record in your bedroom throw it online <laughs> is it harder to find the really good stuff now because there's just such a huge barrage of content coming at you 24 seven. Cause I struggle uh, with that. answer is yes. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yeah. There's, yes. there's, there's, there's so much material. Um, and it's, it's gotten to the point where, yeah, uh, well, uh, we're very, very pick and uh, like pick and choosy about the music that we cover because there is so much of a glut of everything all at once. Um, and so, it is very challenging to kind of sift through stuff. And it's, it's, it has gotten to the point where we kind of maybe take us a, a little bit of a step back on see, on trying to f- intentionally find new music. Right. Um, so this year I I've been, I've been um, lucky enough to find quite a few tapes and, and records that have just been like weird recommendations, whether that's through like YouTube or whatever um, that have been really, really solid. But a lot of that stuff um and it really depends on the genre, but um, a lot of genres do have kind of like such a such an influx in mediocrity, sure. um, and so it's it, it does get hard to kind of sift through, you know, the the quality over the quantity really. And Andrew, I, we've talked about this so much. Maybe you can can kind of talk a little bit about that. I feel like we talk about this in every episode of our, <laughs> our podcast. I'm pretty um, sure we do. Yeah, but yeah, it's um, I think one of the major points about us doing our vetting now is also that we have to be careful with how much money we're spending because i would say generally speaking a single record now costs us forty dollars fifty dollars and uh 
if you go, if like just just going back to I don't twenty sixteen, like something like that, uh, you know, we were we could get two to three records for that kind of money, and we could we could listen to more things. We could, you know, uh, maybe even chance it on like, hey, I've never heard this band before, but you know, they have a hype sticker that says recommendations, uh, you know, for this band, this band, this band. Hey, yeah. I might like this. Maybe I'll just buy it. And maybe it'll be good. And I, I can't remember the last time I bought an album that I didn't listen to first. Yeah. I'm the because same way, for sure. I can't. Yeah. Like we, YouTube is great for that. And like finding stuff before it gets released generally, because I, I do feel that digital still often comes out before physical, and it's just getting worse now with pressing plant delays uh, that have been like really bad since COVID started. Yeah, since the control. final resurgence. Yeah, it's and and I mean, I, I Tyler and I, uh, our favorite record of the year this year um, is uh, was finished in the summer of 2021, and it wasn't released until the summer of 2022. The band just sat on the album because they didn't want to release the digital before the vinyl yeah and and why would you release an album a year before it's going to be ready like I'm, I'm glad that bands are doing that like certain bands are doing that but i think a lot of like a lot of the like maybe bands that don't have a bigger label behind them and and you know pre-order uh, record pre-orders you know they're they're out of hand and i can i can see it as you know for a smaller band if you can just get your digital out there and a physical copy is coming next year. Well, that's, that's great. That's, you know, at least you have something coming out. Yeah. But in terms of us as consumers, um, I'd say that this year I've probably bought less records than every other year before it. This isn't, this isn't the year that I've, I've purchased the least. Um, I, I know exactly the year that was, that was 2018, I think, but, um, Andrew's bang on and the I do want to kind of talk a little bit of the pre-order thing sure. because pre-order is so common now it's and everywhere. it's hard yeah and it's really hard to justify paying for a pre-order for a record so case in point I I, uh, I ordered a record uh, that's pre-ordered and it's not shipping out till March 2023 now that is a big ask uh, from consumers, especially to... if it's fifty dollars or so for a record, exactly, too, right? and shipping, absolutely, yeah. So it's really tough, and you know, it it, it also was kind of like the the country that we live in too, because of uh, things like shipping and and all that. It is significantly more expensive than say if we were in a state in definitely. the United States. It would be it'd be a whole different story, but um, yeah, it's it's definitely getting to the point where like with the pre orders and the delays, it's really tricky and. You know, one thing that we kind of like, I don't, I guess it's kind of an unsung uh, pack that we have, but like when it comes to artists that release music, if we don't have a physical copy, we don't really cover it too much or we won't talk about it for year end stuff. So, for example, a band that I really like, they released uh, a new album, I think it was in like February or something, but they're not releasing the vinyl version till next year. And so, I can't justify putting that on my own year end list. And I haven't even listened to it yet because I'm waiting for that. And I get why they would want to do that and release it digitally. So it's out there, but at the same time, it's just, it's, it's kind of, it's, it's kind of a mess. Like yeah. when it comes to like with all of those delays and everything. So 
Well, I like to hear that because I do the exact same thing with my year-end list. Uh, I, I do it every year. I do my favorite local albums because, you know, obviously it's a local show. And yeah, if I don't have a physical copy of it, I'm really, really hesitant to put it on the list just because I want to have owned it at least for a little while and had the chance to listen to it on my stereo the way that I prefer listening to it. And every once in a while, I've let something slip in if it was just that good that I had to include it. But yeah, usually if I don't have a CD or tape or record, it's not, it doesn't end up on the list. Um, I know you're both, you're involved in uh, an event that's coming up. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, for sure. So we, um, over at Warp Decrease, we've done, we've kind of dabbled in a lot of things. So we've got an Instagram account and also we've done some interviews in, in the past. So, you know, kind of the next logical step that at, at least I would like to uh, kind of venture into was like booking shows. And so we've got an event coming up in early, very early next year. And it's actually a collaborative event with, um, uh, a distro called uh, Iron Ear Control Records. It's run by Brad Skabinski. He's been on my show talking about the distro, yeah, for sure. Perfect, awesome, yeah. So, yeah, uh, we've known Brad for, I've known Brad since 2004, since like well before, like when I was in high school. But we've been buying stuff off of him since at least 2012, and we've had a really solid relationship with him for a decade now. <laughs> so, uh, he and I, or sorry, Warped Decreased and, and Brad are kind of collaborating on this event. And we're bringing in a band that is a black metal band, and they're called Knock uh, Glitch. Um, and they're a pretty popular um, black metal band right now, um, certainly within the last couple of years. Um, they're out of Toronto. And so we're going to be hosting them on January 13th at the Park Theatre, um, which is also my birthday. But um, it's actually a pretty stacked show. So Knocklich is going to be playing as well as a local black metal band that's made a lot of waves uh, called Nocturnal Departure. Um, they are releasing a new album out on Hell's Headbangers Records, which is a pretty big deal. Cool. Um, and there's also going to be, we're actually pretty lucky because there's going to be a collaborative set between a local musician and one of the members from Knocklich. And it's going to be, the uh, the group from Toronto is per, I'm gonna I'm, I hope I don't butcher it but it's a uh, Zasab and then the local artist is I'm gonna try my best to pronounce this as well DB Kimi DB Kimi Tig and it's a split set so I've I've seen split sets before and usually what that is it's like one artist will play one song then another another artist will play another. Or it might be collaborative. I'm really not too sure. I'm really pumped for this because I really have no idea what we're gonna what's gonna be playing. So it should be really cool. Um, and then also the openers are another band that's actually been really hot in Winnipeg called Hopscotch Battle Scars. I've had them on the show too. Um, great, yeah, yeah, great, great people. And I I was I I got to see them once, and it's really impressive to see musicians of their age experimenting and pulling off stuff that they're doing. It's, totally. it's really impressive to see. So the show is really stacked. And so that's going to be Friday, January 13th. Um, now we're selling tickets in advance. They're 22 in advance. And there's going to be uh, tickets at the door for uh, that are going to be 28. With that said, though, you know, this is going to be the first, uh, probably one of, one of the first bigger shows of the year. Um, Knocklish, this show is like the only Western date as far as I know that they're doing, period. Um, this is also kind of the sort of de facto Nocturnal Departure show, where like their first show um, with the new album. Cool. Lots of lots of firsts here. Um, it's also kind of like my birthday and Brad's birthday is that weekend too. It's just it's it's just a huge kind of party basically. So what I mean is, it's I would strongly recommend that like maybe getting in advance might be a good idea. 
because this could very potentially sell out. It's also all ages. Cool. Um, so doors are at eight o'clock and then the bands start at nine thirty. So that's January 13th at the park theater, uh, not glitch out of Toronto with nocturnal departure and a whole bunch of really interesting stuff in between. Awesome. 